0: Backbeat Conversations. We upload every Thursday at 10 a.m. And this week, our guest is Ben Powell.
1: Hello.
2: <laughs>
0: I wasn't
1: sure if that was my cue or not.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, Ben, can you give the listeners a brief introduction of yourself?
1: Sure. Um, like she said, my name is Ben Powell. I am a principally a bass player, but I also sing and am an actor as well. Um, I just recently uh well, I want to say complete, but we were cut short by the pandemic, the first national Broadway tour of a musical called Bandstand, where I played Davies Laddick, the bass player in the Dianova band. And that's what I do. And I'm I am still enrolled, still in school at the University of Michigan for jazz, uh jazz studies, where I play bass mostly.
0: So how did you know that you wanted to pursue bass as your instrument? Because like you said, that's not all that you do.
1: That's a great question. And one that I actually have been thinking about uh, how to answer. Because I, you know, I didn't, I played bass since like eighth grade is when I started. And it was because there were too many guitar players in our jazz band. They were like, someone play bass, please. And I was like, sure, whatever. Uh, And then I decided that I liked it way better but I didn't really become a bass player until pretty much right before college. Cause I didn't, I thought my whole time in middle and high school that I was going to be in MT musical theater major in college. Um, and when I went and auditioned for school, I auditioned for jazz and musical theater. Um, but I ended up going to school for jazz because a couple things, a, School gave me more money, which helps, but really, um, it was that I had a lot of theater experience in high school, but not a lot of musical experience, like for jazz, like we had the jazz band, but that was like five minutes twice a week, or, or 45 minutes twice a week, and it wasn't really my focus, so I hadn't, you know, there was just a lot more for me to develop musically once I got to college than there was acting-wise. Um, and I just like being well-rounded. So getting all aspects of my craft, I suppose, or my various crafts.
0: Hmm. So why um, performance major specific? Um, because, you know, there's lots of different types of music degrees. So like why a performance major?
1: I just love it. I just can't really imagine doing anything else. Um, I love making music. I love sharing music with people. I love the power that music has to um, influence people and to change people. And just the the types of things you can say with music that you can't really say with anything else.
2: Hmm.
1: You know? Yeah. Like there's something something cathartic about listening to, I don't know, John Clayton play that I can't describe with words. You know? Mm -hmm. or any other bass players, not just John Clayton. And not just (laughs) bass players, a lot of musicians. Yeah, you know what I mean.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So what is it like to be a performance major? Because besides Rudy Sarza, you're the first person we've interviewed getting a performance degree rather than an industry degree.
1: Hmm. It's a lot of practicing, (laughs) A lot more practicing than I ever did in high school, that's for sure. Um, But, you know, it's really great for me because I'm pretty, I'm still pretty new. I still consider myself to be pretty new to jazz and playing with real um, focused jazz musicians. So being a performance major is so many different kinds of performing opportunities that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, The biggest of which was probably being in a big band, like an honest to God, big band for the first time Um, and playing with people who, you know, have been playing since they were able to hold an instrument and people who've done, basically made that their entire life and different kinds of players and different instruments and different levels different experience levels of playing, um, in jazz, but, and also different genre interests. Like there are a lot of people who really enjoy playing bebop and Mm -hmm. a lot of people who really enjoy playing fusion and a lot of people who really like playing, well, there aren't a lot of people who really like playing ballads other than me, but (laughs) you know, people like, people like different things and just, just being able to absorb so much from other people. Mm. Really it's the biggest thing about performance degree and just having a lot of opportunities to play too just lots of stuff right. going on all the time
0: right always always something always something. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um one thing I didn't think of earlier but you reminded me of talking about school and, and being in middle school and being a jazz band um we actually because I did go to school with ben um <laughs> went to a, a very very special and unique school. Do you think that that, like, influenced your career path? Like, if you had not gone to that school because it was a very specific performing and fine arts school, would you have done something completely different? And I ask that because that's something that my parents actually asked me. They were like, if we didn't send you there, would you be, like, doing biology? And I was like, I, I don't know. Great question. Like, <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, that is a great question, and it's probably – the case like I don't really know because most of the performance opportunities I had in middle mm-hmm. and high school was because of our school
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know like I didn't do a lot of th- performing outside of school besides maybe singing in the choir at church but you know it's it's not I'm not saying it's bad it's just not it wouldn't have made me go to college for jazz you know right Um, and I don't even know if I would have played bass, honestly, like maybe I would have realized that it's the best instrument eventually, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but yeah, I, I'm probably doing everything I'm doing because of going to that school that really promoted our artistic development and focused on it in a way that a lot of people don't have. Mm -hmm yeah so it's a really interesting question
0: yeah um so like i said on this podcast we like to point out the parts of the industry that connect and you're actually a really good example because like you said even though you're in college for jazz performance you were recently touring on a broadway show so can you just like tell us that story how did you audition why did you decide to take a hiatus from school etc
2: i'm so curious about this too because bandstand is like no joke that is a massive show a ridiculous (laughs) massive show
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it was it was it was a hard show to tour for a lot of reasons but yeah anyway so the way it started was in last summer my bass teacher at Michigan Bob Hurst by the way if you don't know Bob Hurst you should listen to him he's amazing um and I'm a little bit starstruck every time I go into a lesson but it's fine. He got an email from the casting director for the the tour that said, "Hey, we're looking for people who can play the bass, act, and sing." And he sent, he forwarded it to the studio, and I was like, "I can do those things." And I emailed the casting director, you know, thinking to myself, "Like, it was a long shot. I'll just pursue it and see where it goes." And they said, "Yeah, could you send us some videos if you're playing?" So I recorded. I don't even remember what I played. I think I played Ornithology and Anthropology. Two ologies, that's weird. Um, But I think they're both by Charlie Parker. No, no, no. Anthropology is Dizzy Gillespie. Sorry, distracted. I played those two, sent them the videos, and then they asked me to do a packet. They sent me a packet. They said, great, your playing sounds great. Here's a packet with a song excerpt two base excerpts from the show and two uh acting sides two two scenes of dialogue from the show and i recorded those sent them in and then they said where are you in the country can you come to new york for a live audition and i'm outside of philadelphia so it's I mean, sorry, you. I've always. I'm so used to qualifying my location. Um, you know where I am. <laughs> so I went up to New York for a live audition. I met the casting director and some of the creative team. Did the same sides that I recorded for them and bass excerpts and stuff. Um, and then they called me the next day and asked me to come come on tour. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> and then, uh, honestly, once I got cast. I was, you know, I was scared. You know, this thing that you've been wanting your whole life suddenly arrives and you're afraid of the, of success, you know. It's a, yeah, it's a concept of being afraid of what you want to happen when it suddenly does. Um, and especially because I had decided not to go to school for musical theater. Right. And I didn't really know Bandstand that well. I'd heard a couple songs from it, but I didn't know it that well. Um, so I didn't really know what it entailed. Um, and then I was in my mind, I was like, well, I'm focusing on jazz now. I can't suddenly go back to MT. Like, what What am I doing? But that was just mostly fear. And it was pretty clear that when you get cast in a first national tour, that you try to make
0: that happen. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. So, And my professors were really great and understanding and supportive of the decision to take a leave of absence and I just filled out some forms and they said, we'll make sure you keep your scholarship for when you come back and all that. And it was, it's great. Yeah. It worked out.
0: Yeah. That's really awesome.
1: That's pretty freaking cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: and, and also it was also crazy too, because if I had not, cause I didn't really play double bass until like the summer ish before college. Cause I auditioned on, I played a little bit, senior year but I was mostly an electric bass player and I did all my additions on electric so once I got into school I was like oh I should probably at least be able to pass on the double too um but if I hadn't gone to school for jazz I probably wouldn't have played the double bass proficiently enough to do this role because I I, we play the everyone in the band in the story plays live on stage Mm -hmm. during the show which is really cool. But if I hadn't gone to school for jazz, I wouldn't have been able to do the musical theater thing that I wanted to do in high school. So funny how the universe makes things go.
2: (laughs) The universe made all the stars align for that one thing. That's kind of awesome. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Yeah, really, really cool. Yeah. So. You're not specifically music industry, but what do you think about the music slash entertainment industry right now
1: right now, like in general or during the pandemic like this however, very moment
2: however you want to answer it
1: <laughs> um, well, during the pandemic, we're taking a hit like everything um, but the the director of of Bandstand made a good point to us. We've had a couple zoom meetings as a as a company just to catch up with each other. She made a very interesting point about how, when this is over, artists are going to, in all parts of all the industries, are going to explode back into action. Um, and we have all this time to like ferment and do our own thing and really work on ourselves and our individual parts of our craft that once we come back, we're going to be so ready to go that it's all going to explode at once. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if there are a lot of albums coming out suddenly at the same time once this is over. And there are going to be a lot of actors getting roles, a lot of shows, a lot of movies, TV shows. It's gonna, it's all going to come back really strong. Um, what, yeah, once this is over. That's what I think about that pandemic industry. And it's also great to see everybody still doing their art and putting it out on the internet for people to see and enjoy and doing like these um, whatever web concerts and stuff just to, you know, keep it going. And, And it's also a great example of when the world goes into a crisis, everyone turns to the artists for support and comfort and to get them to get every everybody through everything you know
0: that's a really good just point to make thing to say because yeah it, like people were like wow well, we all have to go home so all the musicians and actors and and fine artists everybody was like well i can just put my art on instagram that's cool yeah and that's kind of how how it's been going
1: yeah you know sometimes it's hard to not necessarily be making money off of your craft but
0: sure you know for most of us it's not that's not
1: really the point
0: right
1: so it's it's just great to see everyone still has the heart and like people doing everyone's just doing really sweet stuff that you don't really see in any other time like um daniel de young posted a video of him singing uh the best of times just himself and his piano you you know daniel DeYoung, singer for sticks yeah yeah he just he was just by himself he's like 72 sweet old men playing piano for the world just because it's it's just really cool it's just really really cool
2: yeah the response from the artist has been overwhelmingly like to help people assimilate into being at home all the time right and I think that is maybe not as scientific as the people on the front lines, but equally right. as important to the people at home.
1: Yeah, mental health and and morale is is really more important than I think our culture ever gives it credit for. You know, and not obviously not to say that all the people working in the hospitals aren't super important. Also, oh, they're super <laughs>
2: important, <laughs> you know, like, right?
1: beyond important
0: we need them (laughs)
1: yeah just all all aspects of of the of the event
0: you know Mm -hmm. especially since you know I, I think the internet has turned it into a meme but as with anything that happens it's not just the pandemic that we now have to worry about now it's like great if I go outside the murder hornets might get me <laughs> I saw a yeah. picture of one of those this morning and I was not happy. Horrifying.
1: Yeah. They They're they <laughs> demon nightmare hell creatures.
0: And then yes. the government was like, yeah, like aliens are probably real. And everybody was like, okay. <laughs> I don't even care because I don't want to die.
2: Like, I could see Godzilla right now and be like, oh, whatever. Of course Godzilla
1: is going like, this might as well happen.
2: Yeah. yeah. Not surprised anymore. Like, it's cool. Like, yeah. Cool. Whatever. As long as you're not stepping on my house, I, <laughs> <laughs> I
1: did. I did actually see some articles though that the the murder hornets are not as big of a problem as we thought they were initially because everything hates them.
0: Okay,
2: good.
1: <laughs> so, like, other, good. like, smaller wasps are, like, ganging up and killing them and stuff. So.
2: Good, hell yeah. They're so, they're so terrible lot. looking. Yeah, I, I saw know, a picture of them. someone holding one, and I was like, that oh, is huge. Oh, my God.
1: Huge.
2: No, it's unacceptable. I don't, <laughs> unacceptable. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. No.
1: Not uh, a fan of bugs, especially oh, no. when they're big and they have murder in their name.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. I, who named them? You know, I was thinking about this the other day. Scientists are dramatic. They name things very dramatically.
1: They are dramatic.
2: <laughs> like, you know how, like, the, it's called a weeping willow? Like, mm-hmm. why, who named it that? Like, <laughs> people, people say it. <laughs> like, they're very dramatic. They give things very dramatic names. Someone That's named true. that the murder hornet.
1: The murder hornet.
2: Yeah, someone had to make that decision. <laughs> That's very dramatic.
1: Is that the official I mean, name or is that just what people have been calling it? I actually don't it's know. Probably,
2: it probably is an official name, but someone named it the yeah. murder hornet and that person was dramatic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, they, they all have official names like Yeah. Rex, <laughs> you know.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. Anyway. You know,
1: music industry, murder hornets, same thing.
0: (laughs) Yes. All important. Uh, So, okay, on this podcast, we do a little thing called our shut up and let me do it moment that was inspired by our COO. Uh, So in this industry, we feel like there's often a moment of unexpected validation when you realize how much you've grown. And here on Backbeat Conversations, we call that our shut up and let me do it moment. So can you tell us about a moment that you may have had like that?
1: That is an excellent question. I feel like I've sort of been in the process of a shut up and let me do it moment for the past like year, hmm. you know, or cause I'm, if I was to single out one moment, it would probably be when I got cast and started rehearsing for bandstand. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically when I started rehearsing is there was about a month, between when I got cast and when we started and I worked on I worked on the music and all the lines and everything we all showed up memorized to rehearsals and working on working on that music working on that in a studio in New York with a director who is now directing company with Patty Lapone amongst other things. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's crazy. And doing Andy Blankenbuehler's choreography. And if you're, if you, whoever, if, blah, 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 for whoever doesn't know that name, Andy Blankenbuehler choreographed Hamilton, the original production of Bandstand and the revival of Cats, I believe. He's he's a serious, serious choreographer. He's like the best. Um, anyway, so when I was in that room rehearsing this, I was like, oh my God, I can do this. I can be a professional. I am a professional now. Like, this is the time where I'm beginning to be a professional.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And just sort of realizing, and I've also had a lot of trouble just in general in my life giving myself credit for things that I do, which is pretty universal for artists, I think. A lot of us do that. But, like, finally being able to see something that I can't not give myself credit for, you know? and just accept, like, I did this, I'm going, this is my life now, this is where I am. And yes. it's okay to give yourself credit. That's probably my shut up and let me do it moment.
2: Yeah, I like that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. especially something that's so irrefutable that it punches through all the annoying self-doubt and all that jazz.
2: And
1: all that jazz. All that
2: jazz. (laughs) So we get a little, we get, we tend to get a little heavy with the industry question and the shut up and let me do it when we question. Mm -hmm. So, what is your favorite food? All. Any and all. (laughs) All foods. All
1: All food is my favorite. Um, (laughs) I love, I love eating. I love eating almost as much as I love music. I get excited about mealtimes like when i'm when i make dinner or when someone else makes dinner and we have like a dinner time like i see like it's 4:30 and we're eating at 5 i like get excited and i'm like oh my god it doesn't matter what we're eating i just get excited to eat <laughs> um, but most sp- if i had to choose stuff
0: yeah every time i go see ben we go to walmart and he's just like <laughs> hugging things he's yeah, like that's true. oh yes <laughs>
1: It's true. That's what I do. I, uh, uh, anything even remotely German, hearty stuff, meaty stuff, savory stuff, like bratwurst and sauerkraut. Oh my God. Or like, (laughs) this isn't necessarily German, but just a big, like just a big porterhouse steak or something like that. Basically, if you watch Parks and Recreation, anything Ron Swanson would eat, (laughs) is also my favorite thing.
2: Understandable.
1: But also, I also love Japanese food, so it's not just hearty stuff. Like, Well, some Japanese stuff is really hearty, but it's just things. I just like eating. (laughs) Really long answer for a very simple question. (laughs) Sorry. No, I love it. I get passionate about food.
0: (laughs) Uh, So... We kind of already covered this in like the first couple of questions, but we always seem to get like different and unique answers. People kind of come up with just different things than kind of the track that they're on now or the track that we've already talked about for them. So, what are your life goals? Totally open question. What are your life goals?
1: To get good. I. <laughs> <laughs> No. So, um, my life goals. It's really it's so it's so interesting because people always talk about goals and setting goals, and I have a really hard time with setting goals actually, because I don't know what the future holds, especially now. Like I had a clearer goals before I uh, before Bandstand happened, but my life took a complete like sharp turn that I wasn't expecting and just had to be ready for, you know? And I think my goal is to be, is to hone my craft enough and be open enough to be ready for things when they come Mm -hmm. and to be ready and able to pursue things that show up in life. Basically being open and just understanding that the future there's only so much that you can plan before you have to be ready for um, just be ready for something to happen, which is not to right. say that you should just wait around. Obviously, it's like if you're trying to catch the bus, you, you pray that you'll catch it and then run like hell. You know, you still work toward something, but just being ready for when something else that you weren't planning on shows up.
0: Right especially in times like these when especially in times like these somebody somewhere else makes a mistake or an oopsie whoopsies and <laughs> then we're all stuck in our house <laughs> 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 my whole uh, plan for you know <laughs> my you know uh, every, every musician our whole plan was just like ah i guess that's out the window <laughs> yeah
1: i feel like everyone also right before this happened there was some like weird universal thing where everyone was starting to feel like they had a handle on their lives.
2: Yes, we were so together.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we were like, I'm finally getting it. Like, I'm actually doing the stuff I said I was going to do. And then they were like, go home and stay there forever.
0: And I was like, what am
2: I supposed to do now? Yeah,
1: cool. (laughs) Guess I'll practice more.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, especially when we don't know what's going to happen because we yeah. don't really know how long this is going to last.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There, People try to put end dates on it, but like oh. three or four end dates have now passed.
2: Uh-huh. You
1: yeah. know, and projections are only so accurate and only go so far, but it, I like, I wouldn't be surprised if this went all the way till fall. Yeah. You know, with the way things are going. I mean, I hope it doesn't. I hope it ends as soon as possible, but we might not even fully go back to school, you know?
2: Yeah. Like right. We Which might
1: if- do like online or or some sort of hybrid or not at all. So it's just hard to plan.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's just super wacky because mm-hmm. you know school gives you a lot of opportunities and then like the our jobs largely depend on live events. And the mm-hmm. live event industry is probably going to look a lot different. Yeah. Like, even when they can have crews together, like they might not be able to have the audience in the room and it might kind of turn into like a pay-per-view TV situation where like, oh, you want to watch bandstand? Well, you got to do it from your living room. Sorry. Exactly. So.
1: Yeah. It's going to be a, a slow um, restarting of society, I don't it's not it's not going to bounce all immediately at once back to the way it was. It's going to it's going to be stages. You know. It's not a bad yeah. thing just just for to make sure it doesn't
0: resurge. Yes. Yeah. And for reference because this podcast is coming out July 2nd because we have lots and lots scheduled and the day that we're recording it is May 17th. So if by some miracle, everything's like totally back to normal and everybody's like, what are they talking about? Although I highly doubt by July 2nd, it will be back to normal. It's be still way relevant and live events of, you know, thousands of people will not be happening. But just as a little reference. Yeah.
1: People are like, what are you talking about? I've seen Def Leppard four times.
2: <laughs> I would love it. I would literally... I would literally do anything to see Death Leopard right now. <laughs>
1: I would do anything to see Death Leopard four times. I know, right? Let alone once. My God, they're so great. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> just get like misty eyed thinking about Death Leopard.
2: <laughs> that's that's hysteria. <laughs> <fair. laughs> Sorry. That's a great song.
1: It's a great song. It's yeah. probably my favorite album of theirs. Hysteria.
0: Oh my God! You just answered Freaking our next question. Our on. next question is. I, um, my really favorite Def
1: Leppard album?
0: Not your favorite Def Leppard album. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> What's your favorite album? But a lot of people cannot pick one, so they just go through like eight bajillion. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know that's what I'm gonna do. I hope that's okay because I can't.
0: <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> I
1: can't pick one. Um, you know what? I actually think I have a list somewhere because I can't pick any. Let me. Well, I see if I actually have that. I'll try and think is oh um first album i ever listened to when i was a wee young lad was revolver <laughs> by the beatles
0: mm-hmm.
1: first music i can remember hearing and it has the beatles have informed so much of me as an artist just everything about them <laughs> you know we can talk about the beatles forever but and then rediscovering them too like I memorized every aspect of every song when I was young, like little baby, baby Ben. And now that I'm a musician going back and listening to the discography, I'm like, oh, that's why they're geniuses. Like I get it more now than I did before. So Revolver for sure. Um, uh, Another one of my favorite bands, Toto. Their album from 1999, Mindfields, is awesome. It is the album that made me want a five-string bass. Well and truly, like, I need to get a five-string bass, was Mindfields.
2: Yeah, come on, Ben.
1: I know. I know, you've had a five-string forever. (laughs) Yeah. But I can barely handle four.
0: I was tired of uh, retuning or having to bring multiple with me. So I was like, yeah, do that. <laughs> I'm just gonna add on that uh, extra string and have everybody tell me that my bass is bigger than me. It's not. <laughs> People tell her that all the time, but it's not. It goes Isn't up to my th- chin. Just kidding.
1: It goes up to my chin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <It's> um, <laughs> Mine feels as great. All, all of Toto's albums. Toto's, was, everyone knows like Africa and Hold the Line, but like mm-hmm. listen to the rest of Toto. They're awesome. They're awesome um what else billy joel all of billy joel's albums but probably 52nd street or the stranger are my favorites um level 42 do you know level 42 julian do you know that band
0: i do not but
1: you also not just julian just because (laughs) because you're a bass player level 42 they're a british band from the 80s the front man and lead singer is also the bass player. His name is Mark King and he's fantastic and he sings and plays at the same time while he's doing ridiculous stuff. Like it's stupid. The fact that he can sing and play what he's playing at the same time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They're awesome. They're just awesome. I love the eighties. The eighties were such a time. Um, Who else, who else do I like? Oh, f- like for jazz weather report, Herbie Hancock, uh, Headhunters is a great album. Um, the Weather Report album with with the hat on it—that's called Weather Report, right? That album.
0: I believe so.
1: I think it is. Yeah, the one with the hat on it—that's—it looks all colorful and surreal and it's cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Roundabout Midnight, M- Miles Davis, and um. Everyone else, although they're crazy titans on that album. Um, Bags Groove. Uh, kind of Blue is always great. Um, uh, Ear Food by Roy Hargrove. I don't know if you know Roy Hargrove, but he's he was a trumpet player. Uh, he just died a, a, two years ago, I think now. Hmm. Ear Food's fantastic album. Bass on Top by Paul Chambers. It's classic. Paul Chambers was the first bass player I ever studied once I got to school. Um, I just love him. Um, Oh, Super Bass. Any bass player needs to listen to Super Bass and Super Bass 2. It's John Clayton, uh, uh, Christian McBride, and Ray Brown playing trio arrangements of tunes, just the three of them on double bass it's there oh my god hysteria by def leppard
0: yeah
1: uh m squared by mark miller i'm just naming albums i like now
0: i mean that's cool sports by say, huey
1: lewis in the news in the
0: vein of uh bass players who sing you didn't get to mr getty lee yet i was waiting i was getting there yeah <laughs> i have a lot to get through I know. um <laughs>
1: If I had to pick a Rush album, it would probably be Moving Pictures.
0: Dude, same. I've said that like just... two or three times on the podcast now. <laughs> it's
1: so it's so good. Yeah. What is – which album is Free Will on?
0: Oh, my God. Wait. Is it – it's is not it... on Fly By Night. It's um...
1: – Fly By Night. No, that's a great album too. All their albums yeah. are great. What am I saying? Free Will is probably my favorite Rush song if I had to pick one if i had to wow well, god but then i thought of a lot of other ones that are also my favorite rush is amazing do oh, you know i found out sorry i'm oh, so it's from
2: s- permanent waves yeah thank
1: you permanent waves i i get so sidetracked so easily i'm derailing everything to just talk about music that i like yyz yes i didn't know why that song was called yyz it's morse code it's morse code I figured yeah. that out last night because I was listening to it and I was like, why
0: the hell is it called YYZ? It doesn't make
1: any sense. And then I looked up Morse code and I was like, da-ha.
2: Mm-hmm. I'll do it. Da-da-da
1: da is Y mm-hmm. and da-da-da-da-da is Z. I was like, that's cool.
0: <laughs> it's that
1: kind of thing. You know, right. it's just cool stuff that people do. They're like, hmm, I'm going to make music out of Morse code. And then it's amazing.
0: I think they were on a plane. And it's something to do with an airport in Canada. I've now heard the story multiple times, but I'm just bad at remembering stuff. But I think they were on a plane, and it has something to do with an airport. It, it must be, like, the code for the airport or something. And oh. Like, they heard it, and I guess it was Neil. Yeah, I think it was Neil, because um, they told it again on the radio, like, right after he died. They played Rush, like, all day. And, mm. like, he heard it, and he was like, hey, this isn't five four, and we should make a song. and there you have it.
1: <laughs> incredible. Yeah incredible. Singing bass players, man. they're more it's like a thing. people don't realize it's as much of a thing as it is. like bass players who sing. Getty Lee, uh, Mark King, I said, Paul McCartney, my God. Um, Esperanza Spaulding.
0: Sting, right?
1: Sting, yep, sting. I share yeah. a birthday with him. Oh, my God, really? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Him and Gandhi.
0: Oh, and that's birth- so good. I share <laughs> yeah. birthdays with them. Wow. And yeah. I think uh, one of the guys from Tears for Fears, I don't know their names, which is terrible, but...
1: The singing yeah. bass player? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Tears for Fears is great.
0: I know. I only know that because I saw them, and I was like, wait a minute. You do that, too? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. Tears for Fears is one of those bands that there are a couple bands that were like one-hit wonders in the seventies and eighties, but then you listen to the rest of their discography and you're like, why do people not know them better?
2: Oh, it's Kurt Smith.
1: Kurt Smith. Okay.
2: Mm.
1: Tears for Fears is like that. The Bee Gees are like that too. Everyone knows "Staying Alive," but they have a lot of other really great songs too.
2: I'm
0: mm. just,
1: I'm just talking. If we, if you want to, I can shut <laughs> I up like that's and how, like, get on with love- the
0: question. <laughs>
2: They're like with Joan Jett, because everybody knows I love rock and roll, but then there's hella other Joan Jett songs that are really good. (laughs) Hella
1: other, that's right. (laughs) It's true. Oh, you just reminded me, an album I just listened to last night by Joni Mitchell called Don Juan's Reckless Daughter. It has Jocko on it. Jocko plays bass for it with Joni Mitchell singing and playing guitar, and it's Mm -hmm. crazy. You should you should listen to that album Don Juan's yeah. reckless daughter. It I'll was like I think it was like the second to last or the last album she was doing with some label and she was like I want to do whatever.
2: <laughs> they so, were like okay.
1: Yeah. So she did and it's I mean, it's some of the like most genuine music.
2: The lyrical potential of that title is ridiculous. I, know, right? I love it yeah. so much. <laughs>
1: Uh. <laughs> anyway, um, and i'm sure there are albums i'm missing from the limitless amount of music that i've heard in my life that has influenced me somehow
2: you know there's always more mm-hmm. there's always more to listen, and then i'll forget about something and go back to it and it's the best thing i've ever heard
1: yeah exactly and sometimes if it's been long enough it's like you're listening to it for the first time again mm-hmm. oh man oh man together through time pepperware remix party great band they're awesome. They're so much fun. Their name is Tupperware Remix Party. How much more fun can
2: you get? <laughs> Sorry. Well, anyway.
0: Very accurate. Very accurate.
2: Anyway. All right. So, um, is there a quote that describes you? You have one.
1: I have two. So Maybe not, like, me as a person, but, like, general philosophically for me. Um, Albert Einstein said... I think this is my senior quote, actually. Hmm. Everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will think it's an idiot for the rest of its life. Um, I love that. Which is sick. Yeah, which, you know, it's awesome. And then the other one is by Michael Chekhov, and it is There Is No Art Without Joy.
0: Oh, yeah, I love that one
1: that is probably one of the biggest defining quotes of my life. There is no art without joy.
2: Even if you're singing a sad song, you still like what you're doing. Yeah. Like you need to be happy to be sad.
1: Right. Yeah. And just the energy. I love the word joy because it's so, it's such a substantial term that can mean so many things on so many levels in so many contexts, you know? You don't have to be necessarily happy to be experiencing joy, you know? Or you don't have to be doing yeah. a happy thing to joyfully do that thing. It's just such an expression of passion. Uh, it's it's indescribable. It's really powerful. The most powerful quotes are always like the shortest.
2: Yeah, Yeah. The little ones.
1: Like really short and sweet.
2: Well, then you think about them forever.
1: Yeah, exactly. You go, huh, huh, oh, you know.
2: Huh. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, those two probably, probably the best.
2: And before we go, if you could have any job in the world, what would it be? Doesn't have to be music related? You could just be like, can I have this job? And someone would be like, yes.
1: Green Lantern of Earth.
0: (laughs) I knew at some point he was going to say something superhero related. I yep. 10 out of 10 thought that like his quote was going to be something from like Superman or Batman. I was like, it's coming. It's coming sometime. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to say like my favorite food is comic books. Like I- <laughs> Comic books. Oh my God.
1: I should have said that. I should have said that. Oh, I have to say, th- Are there any, do I know any good Batman or Superman quotes? not off the top of my head there are plenty there are plenty in the comics but yeah if i could but actually if i could have one job i don't know there are so many jobs i know <laughs> i i also like i don't know how to is bass player an acceptable job title like i don't really think of it as like a job more as like a profession or a craft, I guess.
2: I, I guess if you want it to be, it's your job. Yeah. That's what I say my job is.
1: Yeah, cuz it's it's like <laughs> technically your job, but like we we don't often think yeah. of it as a, as a job, you know.
0: Like I'm technically unemployed, but Yeah. <laughs> she plays bass like it's her job.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. I guess if you're an independent contractor, which is what most musicians end up being, It's sort of like we're always unemployed. It's weird. Right. Yeah. Independent contracting is weird.
0: Uh, Yeah. Probably
1: (laughs) just, or maybe if I had like a, if I owned a club and we had consistent jam sessions and I was like the resident bass player. There you go. Like a successful, like a really cool club that served awesome food.
0: Like you were the guy. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to, like, make it in the city, like, that's the club that you had to play in.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'm the guy who's like, sit down, kid. I got something for you. <laughs> you know? Like, I see something in you. I think you <laughs> can do it. And I suddenly, I develop a weird accent that I don't have in real life. Just when I'm pathetic. talking to potential people. Yeah. I like where clothes that are definitely from a hundred years ago and smoke a cigar (laughs) that is definitely not been made recently and I'm like a little like everyone thinks I'm a little bit strange but no one is quite sure how or why that's the aesthetic
2: (laughs) for me a kid I can tell you got heart yeah you gotta put a base in your hands
1: (laughs) yeah oh wait I have another great quote by Miles Davis that he said to um, one of my teachers, a guy named Ralph Armstrong, who's also an awesome bass player, uh, but he played with Miles Davis casually, whatever. Um, and he, he talks, Ralph loves to talk, and he loves to talk about really interesting memories that he has. And one time Miles said to him, if you have to tell people that you're good, you ain't shit
2: that's
1: true. It's like, wow, Miles. It's true. And I'm like,
2: yikes.
0: And you know, what's funny is as soon as you say that, you like, you inevitably have to start like seeing people in your head, like, wow, that's so true because I've, I've witnessed this occurrence (laughs) and, but for someone to put it was just like a no bullshit manner. Like, damn bro (laughs) yeah Yeah. wow
1: the best people don't have to say anything
0: yeah
1: victor wooten never talks about how good he is he just plays
2: Mm -hmm. and they just show up and you're like wow
1: yeah i know damn but also but it's also that the best people are never mean i don't know if you've ever noticed that
0: oh yeah
1: Anyone I've ever met who's at the top of their craft—they are never mean. They are always the nicest people, especially in music. I think, yeah, especially in music and jazz, and bass players. Bass players are always nice.
2: Trumpet players, <laughs> eh. no, I'm just kidding. I'm
1: just kidding.
2: Yeah, like, I don't think I've ever met someone who was like really good that was like also a massive asshole.
1: Yeah, it's true because they don't need to be. They don't. Well, nobody needs to be, but there's also just a level of transcendence. Like Being a jerk, I think, inhibits your artistry. That's my opinion. I think that you can't be the best artist you can be if you're also going to be mean.
2: Because
0: that's not what art is about.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's not what art's about. It's not natural. Mm -hmm. It's not artful.
0: I think if you're just writing songs about spite or like pretending to be nice in your songs like people see through it and you won't get as far and people won't want to work it's, with you
1: yeah it's ingenuine
0: yeah it's ingenuine. Yeah, I agree
2: so is there anything you want to say that we didn't touch on before we call it a day here at Backbeat Conversations mm,
1: I feel like I've talked a lot
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay you're the guest you're supposed to talk a lot
1: I suppose that's true
2: It makes it really difficult if you don't talk a lot.
1: Yeah, like, what was it like for you to, like, do this thing? I'm like, it was good. (laughs) The end.
2: All right, so we'll move on to the next question then. (laughs) Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Oh, there was something I was going to say about uh, earlier that I forgot while I was talking Hmm. in my endless stream of words um, about the music industry is that I don't think it's as hard as people make it out to be.
0: Mm.
1: Like, and that's not to say that you don't have to work. It's not to say that it's all going to fall into your lap with no effort. But things aren't as hard as people think they are. You just have to do the work. And when there is a will, there is a way. And it is always hard work that surpasses talent. Never the other way around. Uh-huh. the people who make it are are hard workers it's it's yeah it's like any other job any other skill any other craft if, if it's what you're passionate about then it will happen for you you know
0: yeah, so, yeah, yeah i agree it's,
1: it's also not as mean as people make it out to be people aren't nearly as mean to each other as a lot of people seem to think it is not it's not super cutthroat and the people who try to be cutthroat get cut by the people who are like, dude, don't be mean.
2: <laughs> right. Well, I think because you know? every music industry movie ever is like, We hate exactly. you. Do it again. Like, exactly. you don't have what it takes. And like it's not like that. Like people who don't know anything about music are writing these movies. And it's like,
1: mm-hmm. I
2: don't I don't think it's like that.
1: That's why <laughs> I hate I shouldn't say hate. I don't hate it. There are a lot of things that are good about it. It's a well-made movie, whiplash.
0: I was gonna bring up not life is not like whiplash i
1: hate i hate the message of whiplash because it is so false and you know obviously movies are fictitious blah 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 blah. but it's there are a lot of people who really think that that's what it is and it's not that way
2: and if you're being treated that way you can't make
0: art exactly
2: because the more someone yells at you the worse you mess
0: up right exactly i've never gotten pieces of drums like thrown at my head because that's, like, you would get fired, and I'd probably leave the school.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. I When I watched that movie, I was like, how has this guy not been fired? That's impossible.
0: <laughs> There's
1: no prestigious college that would allow this to happen. No,
0: right. It's,
2: well, also, I read that whatever the director of Whiplash actually wrote that to directly fund La La Land. Like, he didn't really want to... Make really? he just had to hilarious. make La, La Land. He was like, I just wrote a movie in literally three days, made it,
0: made some money, and then made La, La Land.
1: <laughs> that is hilarious.
0: And then La La not even true either.
1: I don't really like La La Land either. Yeah. Honestly.
0: Yeah, like the first immediate problem I had with it was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're all struggling actors in LA and they live in that nice apartment. Yeah, yeah. No. no freaking way. Like, hell that no. was issue number one. And then the guy who plays piano and like his whole career. I was like, this is so not it, fam. Like, <laughs> and then how was she struggling? But she was at all those Hollywood
2: parties. And then it was, it, uh, I don't understand. Visually, it was very yeah. good to watch. Like, they did yeah. a good job making it. But
1: they're great movies, to be sure.
2: Too big of holes for me.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's just. The whole notion yeah. that jazz is dying is just so utterly not true,
0: yeah, that was a little uh, too. and also
1: also, all of the people in that movie playing jazz are white. I'm like, it's a Ugh. lot more than just white people, my friend, yeah, there's people yeah. of every kind, every look, every style mm-hmm. playing it's not Ugh. just your your Ryan Gosling ass, <laughs> yeah, you know, Ryan
0: Gosling's fine.
2: he had that big <laughs> whole issue about like how. He didn't want jazz to be new, and then for some reason, John Legend was in that movie, and I was I like, about that. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? I like this isn't jazz. I don't think, but I don't know, and now I'm confused.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like this. I don't think this is right, but I like don't really know for sure. So I am now. I don't know what's true. Uh,
0: so. Yeah, the whole thing was so. <laughs>
1: So epically, epically strange. Yeah. It was epically strange. It was, and again, it was not a bad movie. It was a well-made right. film. The performances were great. Yada, yada, yada. It's just a lot of... Just some of story, as someone who
2: has seen the music industry, it's not like that. It's not like
1: that. It's mm-hmm. not like that. Even like 100 years ago, it wasn't Ooh. that like that. Yeah. Another great show, if if, if you should watch, is Hollywood. I want to watch
0: them so bad.
1: It's pretty great. Oh,
0: it's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a really good closer. Honestly, those are some great, great closing words. So thank you for listening to Backbeat Conversations this week. Uh, come listen to us every Thursday. If you're having issues finding us, go to audioboom.com, type in Backbeat Conversations, and then there's all these nice little links to all of the platforms that we are on, or you can just listen right on that website and just totally make your life easier. But at any rate, thank you, Ben. This has been great. I'm Julianne, my co-host is Elena. Thank you, everybody. Please come back and listen.
1: Thank you.